Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast that doesn't believe in endless scrolling on social media, but believes very much in strategic posting on social media. And by strategic, I mean, we mean getting people to think of you as an authority and buy your book. So hi, I talk to best-selling authors, entrepreneurs about how to launch the book that will build their business and change their life. And this is a re-release of an old, amazing episode. But if you like this show, I bet you anything, you'd really love my book on Good Authority, not only because it's the same title as the show, but just because it's packed uh, with, it's actually a collection. It's it's hundreds of earlier episodes distilled into under 200 pages of information that will help you uh, do the book that will build your business. I also have a build your business, uh, turn your book into a business course. You can get both of those by going to ongoodauthoritypod.com. But about this episode, well, my God, is it a good one? It's with Jesse J. Anderson. He is somebody, this brilliant guy who realized rather late in life in his thirties that he had ADHD. So we had, he was on Twitter. He didn't, you know, he had like, you know, a handful of followers and he started tweeting about it and tweeting about it. And hundreds of thousands of followers later, he is, uh, when I interviewed him and still at the time of this recording, he has not completed his book, but he has been writing a book on ADHD in public. And that means trying out the material in, on Twitter and in other places. And it's just a fascinating episode about how to use social media strategically. So with that, I give you Jesse J. Anderson. Thank you, Jesse, for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is great. Well, so I, the reason I reached out to you originally is I am fascinated by this idea of writing a book in public. When I reached out, I didn't know that you were in Rob Fitzpatrick's community. And it happened. So basically, like, were you and I communicate on Twitter, maybe 
20 minutes later, I had Rob on my show and he's like, oh, you're in touch with Jesse. Like it all ha- happened very fast. This Right. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, found Rob's book, uh, I guess it was almost a year ago. It was in the summer when I, I don't, actually don't remember when it came out, but this past summer was right around the time I announced that I was writing a book and I found his book kind of at the same time. And it's been a great guide, really great book. You got to get it. Uh, write useful books is the name of the book. And yeah, I got the book and I joined his community and it's been awesome. Yeah. Just sort of getting that accountability. And I heard that he was going to be on your show and I was like, Hey, I just talked to you. I just talked to her on Twitter. So yeah, that's funny how that all kind of came together right at that last moment there. I know. I was like, oh, Rob, like, does he think I just look literally like ask everyone around him? Anyway, I got for a second. <laughs> but anyone who has, who, you know, you guys have already heard me recommend Rob's book and you've heard that episode. And if you haven't, oh my God, go back. It was, it was like a masterclass in the book. Yes. Um, so, so I am in the process and I hope my listeners are too, of considering writing a book in public after learning about this process so let walk us through the steps. You read Rob's book and mm-hmm. you go, oh my God, I had no idea. I should be getting a lot of feedback from people. Is that what happened? Kind of. Yeah. So I, I first heard of the idea of writing in public from uh, Arvid Call. Uh, he wrote, he write like, he writes like technical books um, and he had done that writing in public. So I'd heard of it from that. And I kind of thought, well, that really makes sense for what I'm doing. Um, so I'm writing a book on ADHD. I was diagnosed five years ago and I, you know, hyper-focused on learning all about it. And I kind of acquired all this knowledge and I didn't really do anything with it other than learning how to, you know, run my own life. But I actually, another connection, you had Nicholas Cole on here a while ago. I know. I saw that you did ship 30. Yeah. So that really kind of sparked all of this for me. I, I don't even remember why, but I joined the ship 30 for 30 challenge about a year ago and I didn't know what to write about. I'm a designer. And so I thought maybe I'd write some stuff on design. I didn't end up doing any of that. Uh, so the challenge is, you know, writing something, an essay every single day for 30 days, which is wild, but I ended up writing several things about ADHD because I had acquired all this knowledge and it really started to kind of resonate with people and because I was, you know, writing and shipping every day in public, I was getting all these little bits of feedback and I was hearing from people. And then I was hearing from other stories of people that had ADHD and kind of learning, oh, you know, when I'm reading, learning about this stuff, I think, oh, everyone that has ADHD is like this. And then I'm learning, oh, no, it's not the same way for everybody. There's kind of like all this variability within having ADHD. And so it really, when I heard... Harvard calls, uh, you know, when he was writing in public, I really thought that makes a lot of sense for me because I know a lot about it because I've been acquiring this knowledge, but I don't know everybody's situation with living with ADHD. And so by writing in public, it really allows me to get all this feedback while I'm doing it, just like writing on Twitter and creating threads and getting people replying to that. And then, yeah, back to Rob's book. So I read his book and then that just sort of like cemented the idea like, oh, this is perfect. And he has, you know, they have that the software help this book, which makes it really easy to get lots of feedback directly in the book that you're writing. And that's sort of how that it's been kind of this wild process over the last year, but yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah. And Nicholas um, or Cole, when I, he, he's a friend of mine, God, he's, he's amazing. He's great. And, 
and he didn't have that program then. I mean, he had his like, he's had, it was like three businesses ago. That's just sort of how <laughs> he operates. And, um, and we just caught up recently and he was telling me about ship 30. I didn't really know, but yeah, I mean, what he always talks about is somebody who comes at being a writer. Cool. You're competing against people like him who put out material every single day. So this idea that alas, we all have, oh, I'm just like, so like great. And by the way, listener, you are great, but like, it's probably not just going to go viral. It's, it, it, it's day in day out work, which not only gets us better at our craft, but also helps us build an audience. Um, so, and so I'm curious because I was thinking of getting Rob software, but for right now it's bundled with the community, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I sort of have an ego and I'm like, I'm not going to join a writer's, I run writer's communities. Are you (laughs) kidding me? Um, but I really want that software because, you know, really what he talked about is that, um, you kind of, it encourages people to kind of give you negative feedback because inevitably people sort of feel badly and they want to be supportive. And so, so, so I saw you have a, you have basically a table of contents out there. Is that all you've gotten feedback on so far? Um, What do you mean all I've gotten feedback? Well, so when I went to your site, it was like, okay, so I'm doing this in public and here's my TOC and Mm -hmm. and there was feedback on that, but have you, so that's all that I saw, but I would have to join your uh, group in order to see more material, correct? Right. So the way I'm doing it, I'm kind of doing like releases, like kind of, I will get a draft, you know, because when you're first writing, I, I've never written a book before. So this is all kind of new to me and I'm figuring it out. Um, My first draft, I made the promise to myself, like, I'm never going to show people this very first, you know, the like the crappy first draft or whatever you want to call it. I I don't want to show that to people because then it's going to stop me from writing it. So I had to make that promise myself. And then kind of once I got through, I probably was like 50% of the way through that. And then I was like, I really want to show this to people and really start getting this out there because I want this out in public. And that's sort of when I basically I spent like a week of like, I'm going to frantically get it ready this week to get it ready for help this book so I can get people to look at it. So separate from that, I was doing the thing you're talking about of table of contents. So I kind of, my initial announcement of the book, I said, hey, I'm going to write this book. Here's some of the topics I want to cover. Please suggest your own. And those, that table of contents basically like tripled or maybe even quadrupled from what I originally listed. And so at that point, it was, yeah, it was just people seeing what I wanted to cover and then sort of submitting suggestions for additional things. And there is some emails back and forth, like people would say something and then I would interact through them. And so that's that part of it wasn't entirely in public because I was talking with people to understand what they thought was important for the book. And then now that I've I've done two separate releases on the Help This book, and then the other thing, I know it's kind of chaos. That's kind of how my whole process is a bit chaotic. So I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. But another thing I'm doing is I'm taking chapters for the book and I'm like, I'm not really announcing that these are from the book, but I'm just releasing those as a thread. So, so the chapters in my book are really short. They're kind of like a, like a Derek Sivers book where they're probably like two or three pages. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of very, very similar model that I'm taking with my book because my audience has ADHD and they don't want to read. Like I know myself when a, when a chapter is like 12 pages long. I'm counting the pages I have left to get to that end of that chapter. I need that marker. So for me, like the Derek Sivers books were really easy to read. 
So it's like, oh, I can read this chapter. Oh, I can read another chapter. And so that I'm, I have that kind of same focus for my book. But yeah, so I've taken some of those chapters and just released them as a Twitter thread, like wrote it up, divided it into tweets and just post it without saying, hey, this is from my book. Um, Cause it's sort of like a rough early version. And then I get a ton of feedback from that, which has been really great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so interesting. We should mention, so you went from 1200 followers on Twitter to like over 12,000. How many do you have now? Yeah. I'm at like 37,000 now, I 37, think. 37,000. <laughs> and and how, how were you, when, when did you, when did the mammoth transformation take place and how did you do it? Yeah. So it was kind of a slow, steady growth, like being in the ship 30 for 30 community. I did that for like three or four months in a row. Um, and you get sort of each time, each month or each session, whatever, when they add new people, a lot of those people follow you yeah. through. Th so through that, I probably gained, I don't know, like 2000 to 3000 followers over like kind of a six month span. And then around December, I was at, at around 12,000. So it, it kind of been this slow, steady growth throughout the year. And then this new year is really when it's just sort of like exploded. And part of that has been this year has been when I've been releasing those kind of chapters as threads a little bit. And then I've had a few of them that just, you know, kind of go viral and have like, I don't know, like 50,000 likes. And then when that happens, because, because it's not just like a quip kind of tweet that went viral, it's actually like, Hey, this is good content. I, I think I get a lot more people that follow when that goes viral, because if someone's interested in that, it makes sense for them to follow me. So yeah, it's really sort of exploded in the last like three or four months. Uh, yeah. So when something goes viral, do you go, well, I should write more about that in my book then? Sort of. Um, I'm, I, I kind of have the tricky balance, like I said, of like, I don't want to have a 20 page chapter. Like it, the whole goal of the, of the book is to be like, I don't know what it'll be, but I want it to be like around 120 pages because mm -hmm. I know for me, so many nonfiction books are like 250, 300 pages and I read 30% of them. And then it, I hit that like wall where I'm like, woof, I don't know if I can finish this whole book. Yeah. So my goal is very much to kind of hit that 120 page range. So when I get feedback from people, like when, yeah, when those tweets go viral, I, there's lots of comments. Um, I think a lot of the secret to the success of like the growth I've had is it really does feel more like a community than an audience. Like, it's not like, Oh, Hey, all about Jesse. It's right. more like, Hey, Jesse's sharing this thing about ADHD. And then a lot of people comment and reply about that thing. So it kind of becomes almost like this. Yeah. It's like this conversation. It's like a forum within Twitter when uh, these, when these like tweet threads go viral. And so because of that, I'm, like learning through what people are posting on there. And then I try to, like, I try to find the bits, like what can, this big conversation here is really important. How can I find like the small version that's really helpful to get in the book? So I think that's a lot of what I try to do is try to take a complex thing and shrink it down to like, how can I communicate this well? And, you know, a couple of paragraphs versus a couple of pages or whatever. Oh, cool. Um, I was just in, in uh, contact with Derek Sivers, not to brag. Um, <laughs> I heard him speak at an event and then um, he sort of said, anybody from this event can contact me. He's such an amazing guy. Yeah. He's replied to a couple of my emails too. Yeah. Very cool guy. Yeah. He loves emailing strangers. He said that during, I was like, fantastic. <laughs> um, so, so 
the way it works. So, you, so you, I think you mentioned two times you've sort of delivered it as a, as a manuscript to your team. Is that right? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's not even really a team. I kind of have an email list of just, I just sort of ask publicly, Hey, who would want to read my book early? And so I've kind of, I, because I have a pretty large audience, like a lot of people responded. And so I've right. been able to, which is great. And I feel really lucky and privileged that I have that, that I have a bunch of people interested in the book. Um, because of that, I, I'm, I kind of have segmented it. So I took like 50 people and sent them the first draft. And then, uh, and then for the second draft, I picked like another 50 people and I told them about it. And I also told that first 50 people like, hey, I know you already read it. Like, but if you want to read the newest version, it's available now too. And so some of those people kind of came back to see the changes and add additional feedback. And yeah, so I kind of, and I have a big list of other people. I think what I'm going to do is I, what the one problem I had in the past is like people get it and they're really excited and then they don't do anything, which I know you've talked about before. You're like, oh, they really said they wanted to do something and then they're not actually taking action. So I think what I'm going to do is send out sort of an email to all the people that have shown interest and sort of ask for like another opt-in of like, hey, I'm going to release this draft and I need feedback within a week. So if you're able to do it, like this isn't disqualifying you from future ones, but if you can do it this week, then, you know, press this button and I use ConvertKit. So I'll add like a tag to them or whatever. So then I can send them a specific email. Um, I don't know if that'll work, but that's sort of my plan for the next draft of like, maybe I can get people to be more likely to jump in if I can get them to opt in and then immediately send them that link. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just human nature. Yeah. I'd love to help. And then, right. yeah, we're all busy. Um, but yeah, I've, you... I've done the same thing. So I totally, I don't blame them at all, but it, it is, you just don't know who's going to be able to do it. And, and you, that feedback is so valuable. I want to make sure I get the people that are able to do it within a you know reasonable time frame. Well, what's interesting about it is it almost is like, remember Nielsen families, like they give a box to a family. And, and I used to, right. my mom was picked at one point, which was crazy because she like, didn't really watch TV. It was, you know, whatever, after we were out of the house. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's crazy. Well, it's like any study there, you're using one person to represent, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands because, you know, the, the logical brain goes, okay, so you're going to ask 50 people, but how many people have ADD and how many people do you want to read your book? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how do yeah. you, um, you're just sort of a, hoping for the best feedback from the people who are interested in that topic. Yeah. So kind of like you said, the, the help, help this book really does help get good feedback because it really cues people. I found um, because right now the software is only on desktop and not on a phone. A lot of people read the book just on the phone. And I said, if they did that to like, that was great. And just email me the feedback. And the, the feedback I got via email was much less helpful. Like some of it was great, but it was just very right. like, this is great. I love the book. This is awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's like, yeah. that's great. I love the encouragement, but I need to know how to fix things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so the people that were giving like the more concrete feedback throughout the chapters, it like, there's almost nothing that someone said where I was like, yeah, I'm going to implement that exactly. But there, it was clues. So I would see that uh, people would that multiple people would say this part was confusing. And so it wasn't like they gave me a solution, but if I'm sending it to, you know, only 50 people have read it and multiple people are saying this part's confusing, there's probably a better way to say that. 
And that's kind of how I've treated it. Like, no, it's not like having a development developmental editor or someone that I'm sending, like, help me fix this book. It's just like, what are the little problems you have with it? So I can, I can try to go in and fix those and be more clear with what I'm communicating. Right. Right. So does it require the feedback givers to have the software? No. So it's, it's just a web app. So it's just like, it's very similar to giving someone like a Google docs link, but with a few extra features. Right. 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 Um, and, and one thing that I, I read um, that you had said at one point, you know, you ha- have this newsletter and you have a 50% open rate, which is amazing. We have the same size newsletter. So I, was, I got competitive. I was like, whoa. So, <laughs> so do you attribute that to you have firmly established, this is what I write about and they are interested in that? What do you attribute that to? I think... I mean, part of it is I'm very intentionally short. So my newsletter is, it's just, it's a weekly newsletter and it's very short. Like I basically have, I'll include like a couple of resource links and then like, like 200 words or something you, that most people can read in just like a couple minutes. So it's a very quick read. And I think that is a big part of it. Um, and I'm very consistent that way. I don't know. My, my newsletter open rate definitely didn't start like that. I Early on, a lot of my newsletter subscribers came from TikTok because I had some TikToks that d- did really well. And my open rate was much lower then. But since I've sort of grown a lot more on Twitter, which I kind of treat as my main platform, I'm, even though I'm, I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok, Twitter is definitely kind of where I mostly do content. And since my growth has happened through there, that's when kind of the open rate shot up. Mm-hmm. And I don't totally know. I feel like I'm, I've am i been lucky and had a lot of success and I don't necessarily know how it is. It's like, I don't know, I'm the lucky Twitter person of the day or whatever. And that. what's that? I don't think it's that because it's it's piecemeal. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, you're not just like a guy who got lucky one day and went viral. Like you're doing it. And that's what I think is a really interesting message. You're being strategic and you're being intentional and that it, it may not hope happen overnight, but like, right. It ha- it's happening and it's only going to grow. Yeah. And I think a lot of it does have to do with just being r- really like, I try really hard to be really authentic and vulnerable. Yeah. Like I talk about like stuff that, you know, for most of my life I was embarrassed of like different, different ways I act and the way my brain works and things that other people would see and say like, oh man, you're kind of a stubborn jerk <laughs> or whatever. And then just like explaining how my brain, like how it feels to me. It's like, I don't feel like I'm a stubborn, a stubborn jerk or whatever, but I feel like this is what's happening in my brain. And by talking about that, I think other people that have also been like hiding those feelings or the, that way that they felt connect with it. And that's I don't know. It's kind of weird to talk about stubborn jerk. Like that, that just happened. I happened to think of a recent tweet that was about that, but like, it's, yeah, I think just like exposing kind of those vulnerabilities that a lot of people also have hidden. It really kind of helps people connect of when you, when you have ADHD, especially if you're undiagnosed, like you just, you just feel so alone for most of your life. Cause you're like, I know my brain works different and I don't know why, and I don't know how to explain it either. And so I think now that more and more people are discovering that they had ADHD, um, it's like 90% of adults that have ADHD are undiagnosed. So it's pretty, pretty rampant. Um, and now that more and more people are discovering, discovering that and then hearing somebody 
you know, bring words to a way they've always felt, they really connect with that. And I, I feel like that's really what I've been able to do well this last year is just sort of bring words to that feeling that a lot of people have had. Well, and on that note, you know, I saw that you did this annual review and I'm sure I I know this is like something I've heard about people doing, but I've never, yours was the first I read. Is that something that you've done for a while? Is that, where'd you get that idea? I mean, and you're being real vulnerable and honest in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't done one before because I, I mean, basically didn't have any audience before. Like I've had a blog for, you know, years and years, but no one really ever read it, which is, I know the thing Cole talks about, like, yeah, you write a blog and no one ever comes to it. What's the point of even doing it? Whereas writing in public really like that's where people start to see it. And so I had seen several people that had done an annual, um, their like annual report or whatever. Um, I'm blinking on his name. Uh, do you, do you edit this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but we love to be real. There, I feel like there's someone who's known for that. Who cares? Somebody. Google it. Um, yeah. Not you. You guys can Google it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're talking about Jesse's. So so you decided. Right. To okay. I just, I, I just, I just looked up. It was Nathan Berry. So okay, he, yeah. he does convert kit. Yeah. Yeah. So he had done an annual report and I'd seen a few other ones and that sort of um, inspired me. I was like, I should. I should do this. This will be fun to sort of like recap the year and recap. It's helpful for me to look back on uh, in this next year and kind of see what worked last year, what didn't work, what do I want to focus on? And so, yeah. And so in it, I think it was, that's where I read that, you know, you're, you've done a little bit of speaking and you've been going on podcasts and sort of emphasizing that is that stuff you want to emphasize once your book is out. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think so. Like I've loved being a guest on different podcasts. Like I love being able to just sort of talk about, well, specifically ADHD, but also sort of this process of what I've been going through the, this last year, because I'm, I'm not a writer uh, prior to this year. Like my, my career is in design and development. And I've been doing that for, you know, 15 years or something and not been a writer. And so all of this is kind of new to me and I'm just sort of figuring it out. And it's, a blast. Like my ADHD brain loves it. It's like all this brand new dopamine that I didn't know was available out here. Um, yeah. And I don't know what it means long-term. Like people have asked me before that, like, what, what does this mean going forward? Like, what are you going to do? And I don't know, like, I'm really enjoying this writing process. And I've like, I think a lot of, uh, authors, like I'm writing this book and I'm like, Oh, this is another book idea I want to do. Oh, this would be another one too. So I have all these other ideas that would be really fun to do. And I'm also, I'm launching a podcast called ADHD Nerds, which is just going to be like a 30 minute interview show with other people that have ADHD. So I'm going to be doing that soon. And I kind of don't know, like there's no end game in mind other than like, I'm loving what I'm doing. And I love being able to teach people about ADHD because it was so impactful for me, like under, like finding out at 35, like, oh, this is why my brain does things this weird, this different way, or why I have this like unique take on things. And I love being able to help other people, like being part of that story for other people of realizing like, hey, I'm not just broken. I'm not just, you know, selfish or lazy or spacey or whatever it might be. Like there's actually something neurological happening. And when you know about it, you can really like change things for the better for you. So I'm, um, enjoying being an advocate for that. And I just kind of, just sort of like following wherever this goes and uh, enjoying it along the way. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting because most of the people, almost always, it's about like that I talk to here. It's like, how is this book going to play into your business? How is it going to help you get clients? How is it going to help you get, right. you know, and and it, it sounds like you're open to it. You're certainly open to being hired as a, someone to go speak about ADHD. Yeah, like I've done, so I did a talk, I've done some tech talks in the past, like I said, as a designer developer, and I did speak at a couple of virtual conferences last year about ADHD, and I love that. So that's definitely something that, like speaking is something I'm interested in doing eventually. Like I said, we'll see kind of where all this goes, but that's definitely something I am interested in chasing down and seeing if that may be a future for me. Um, But you don't want to like coach people in... Yeah, I don't think so. I I mean, I speaking of coaching, like I took some training courses for ADHD coaching. It's something that I I, I think I enjoy speaking more broadly to people and less on like a one-on-one basis. Yeah. Like I think there's so much value in that for sure, but I don't know if that's me. <laughs> um, right. And I haven't like shut the door on that, but I've sort of paused. I took the coaching courses on that and then sort of paused. I'm like, I don't feel like this is necessarily where I'm headed right now. Um, and the same with like, I know there's a lot of people you have on the podcast where they get into consulting and that's where there can be like a lot of money of like, yeah. Hey, I wrote this book and now you can hire me to consult and there's a lot of money there. And I don't think that there's anything really there that makes sense for me. Yeah. And that's why I'm sort of just, just sort of continuing to create content and seeing where it leads for me. And so what shape is the book in? Do you have a release date? Where is it at? Yeah. So the book right now I would say is roughly 80% done and the remaining 20%, I know what it's going to be. I just, you know, haven't sat down and forced myself to uh, write it out. Um, But I would say it's 80% done for like getting to the point of like, okay, now I need a real editor to come in here and fix the, you know, like copy editing and all that sort of stuff. I don't have a release date. I would love for it to be like in the fall this year, like September, October, but there's, I'm self-publishing. So I know there's a lot of things that I need to figure out to get to that. And so I'm sort of trying to line up now that I can sort of see the end of the tunnel for writing the book. It's like, I really need to start lining up those things and probably trying to schedule like future podcasts and stuff. Cause I would, I'd love to be able to do like kind of, you know, the podcast tour and get the word out there around the time the book comes out. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my goal is kind of fall this year and uh, we'll see how, what, the, what happens. And then are you going to use the people who have been helping as like your advanced reader team to do reviews and that kind of thing? Or have you not even gotten there yet? It's definitely something I've considered and want to do. I have, I don't have any plans for that yet. Um, and my my wife has been on like advanced reader teams for other books, just sort of like, you know, unofficially or anything, but I'm probably going to recruit her to take take charge of some of that and do some of that communication of getting people excited and yet yeah, doing the reviews. Cause I know how important reviews are. It's funny how like, you don't even think about it like before. And now that I'm writing a book, I'm like, oh, I got to get everyone I know to to try and write a review so that I can get past that hump where, you know, you never want someone to come to your book page and then be like, oh, 17 reviews, that's not enough or something. (laughs) I know. And you just don't realize until you release a book how much it means and how quick it is to to do one. If you don't write a big freaking, you know, novel, just a couple sentences. Um, Yes. So... 
so what advice as we wrap up, what advice would you give somebody about, you know, sort of going from, I'm not a writer to, Hey, I'm writing a book. And it's, it's evident in your face, how excited you are about (laughs) it. And so what advice would you give somebody? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just, you just need to put yourself out there. Like the building in public is don't be like, don't be afraid to just write something and then see what sticks. And I know Cole talks a lot about that. Like that's a lot of kind of the ship 30 philosophy is like, just write about stuff and then see what people care about. I think it's so easy to think, well, I'm not an expert in this. I don't, you know, I'm like for me, like I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I don't have like some education background in ADHD, but I know a little bit more than a lot of other people. And so, and it's a lot easier to teach somebody kind of when you're at that level anyway. So really just, I I kind of approached a lot of it from like, teach what I didn't know six months ago, like trying to just teach just a little bit, you know, in the past of who I was. And that's really kind of been successful for me. Like, I, I think you don't have to become this high lofty expert of like, you know, teaching down to the masses. Like you're just trying to teach that person who, you know, didn't, doesn't know what you didn't know six months ago and sort of doing that. And I think another thing is I've really come to understand that I'm, that it's more about building a community than building an audience. And like early on when you're kind of like, you know, when you're nobody, it is building an audience. You're just trying to get somebody to look at your stuff. Um, But it builds because you interact with them and then it becomes like, oh, I'm actually like, this isn't just a person that reads my stuff. This is my friend that I see like some of the things I post and like I reply to their things and they like, I get in the comments and all of that. And I think really kind of just thinking about it as a community really helps you change your perspective in the things that you write. And so when whenever I'm writing stuff. So I I write a lot of like, I don't know, kind of quippy tweets about like random ADHD things. And I just try to think of like, what, how would I feel if I saw someone else tweet this thing? Like, and I, what I want people to feel is like, yes, right on. Like, I feel that same way. Like I'm like, this feels like we're sharing in this experience together. And that's sort of like that. I try to keep that perspective in mind when I'm talking, like not that I'm just sending down something again, like sending down to the masses, but I'm like bringing people along. And like a lot of times when I'll tweet about things um, and I know I'm talking about Twitter a lot, because that's where that's basically where a lot of my writing starts. Yeah, I think it's really relevant today. Yeah. So a, a lot of the thing I do is I will tweet a question but with my own answer. So, so like an open-ended question. So like, there's this thing called like the ADHD tax, which is like, when you have ADHD, you, there's a whole lot of things that kind of happen. Like you forget to pay bills or things like that. And then you end up paying a bunch of fees on top of it. So people call it like the ADHD tax because you didn't, because your ADHD caused you to do these things and then it becomes more expensive. And so I recently tweeted and said, what are some ways that you prepay the ADHD tax? And then I kind of made it a little thread and I added like two or three ways that I do it. And then that kind of helps because then if somebody, if someone doesn't have anything to add, they're still like, Hey, this is great. I'm learning from this. Or if they do have something to add, it sort of helps build the community because more people start to add in their ideas. And then you end up like with the conversations that happen in the threads. And I find that, a really great way to kind of help that community. Basically, I'm sort of like presenting a topic to the group of like, hey, let's talk about this 
today. And it's, and it's great. And I learned so much through those as well. Fabulous. So many great things. Well, so, um, can people still, could people who are listening still join, uh, the team, the community and give you feedback <laughs> on your book or is it too late? Yeah. So I, um, I have a, let's see, what is the website? I want to make sure I have it right. So you can just go to, um, is it help? I'm so sorry. There we go. Just helpjessywright.com gives you a place where you can sign up. So if you just go to helpjessywright.com, uh, enter your email there. And probably in the next few weeks, I'll be starting the next, like my next draft release and inviting people to do that where I'll do, like I said earlier, sort of like, Hey, if you can do it this week, this is the week I really need people to join in. Um, yeah. And on that, you can also, like I said, a lot of the stuff I do is on Twitter and you can follow me. I just, it's just first name, middle initial, last name. So Jesse J Anderson, and that's my username everywhere. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and website to jessejanderson.com. I love it. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. This was so informative and y'all thank you so much for listening. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.